0: To say about this episode is that it actually shocked me. I have Miss Lindsay Rosell on, and Lindsay is just a different kind of breed. She, again, really shocked me. I've interviewed quite a few coaches, I've interviewed quite a few consultants, and no one has really got me in my core to start really thinking about this topic until she, until I interviewed her. And I got to just say, like, it's really interesting when you listen to her speak on what it means to be a female entrepreneur that is going into a complete ego death of this life before children. And the reason why it was kind of a shock to me is because I'm not in the position where I've started to think about or planning for a family. i thought about children. I do want children one day. However, my goal right now is my work, is my career, is the life that I'm building for myself and for my future children one day. However, I think I have a completely different perception of what it means to be a mother and work and have my identity and what it actually means. And this episode, whether or not you're a mom or whether or not you are a, you know, an entrepreneur or you're in corporate or you are just leaving college is so worth a listen because of the immense value and thought provoking questions that Lindsay brings to the table on what do you want your life to look like? when you are in the position of becoming a mother, when you are in the position of having your identity challenged, and when you are also put up and put to the test of incorporating a whole new dynamic into your life. Again, this is not just for mothers. This is for us as women even adding a child if you're a man, but this is, it was just so, such an incredible, incredible interview. And I'm really excited because again, it shocked me when, you know, when I went to do my research on Lindsay, I, you know, I got to see that she was this incredible corporate consultant. She went on to really launch a business for herself. Um, She really started working with high, high achieving, high earning women and walking them and consulting them through what does it look like to navigate, you know, your career and ambition and motherly devotion? And I thought that was cool. But when I spoke with her, I would just, my mind was blown. And I think again, this, this actually really resonated with me and I'm not a mother and I'm nowhere near that process yet. But again, the way that Lindsay was able to start bringing up these conversations, she was starting to kind of, probe my own thinking, my own thoughts on what this means. It was just chef's kiss, hands down, an incredible, incredible interview. But okay, who who exactly is Lindsay? Lindsay is a growth and performance coach for high achieving women with many years of experience in corporate consulting. She also just launched her own podcast, guys. It's called The Motherload, which I mean, fabulous name. She also has an insane marketing background, which I love. She really understands she understands people she understands and gets it and even the way that she she didn't even really get a chance to touch on how she built her business or the marketing and really how she built this community from a strategic standpoint but when you when you listen to her talk you know that she gets it she t- she touches on these points of consumer behavior and how we operate as human beings and it just was like I know a marketer when I see one kind of thing and I was just it was awesome to kind of hear touch on that. But the thing that I also love is that she's she works with women. She helps with building community. She works with you directly one on one. She has this insane website that has all these offerings. And I just don't think I could say more great things about her. So without further ado, please welcome Miss Lindsay Roswell to Under the Influence. Lindsay welcome to the show I am so excited to have you on you have just this awesome story and I love that you work with really these just high achieving women and you know you come from a corporate background. You are a mother, you just launched your own podcast, which is so exciting. And I am just ready to just dive into, you know, how you even got to this point and what it looks like from you going from this high achieving corporate consultant to working with women, to walking them through their own business, their own money mindset, and even taking them on the journey of what it looks like to do that while also being a mother. So I'm just so excited to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love all of those topics. So it'll be a good chat.
0: (laughs) Well, let's start from the beginning. So give us a little background on like corporate consulting and then obviously, you know, how you moved from that to go off on, on your own
1: yeah so I when I graduated from college I you know I was never one of those people in college that knew exactly what I wanted to do or be when I graduated and I kind of found myself in that last semester feeling a, a little bit lost like what am I gonna do and um at that time, I had always wanted to live in New York City so I the first thing I did when I graduated from college was move to New York City and I dabbled in real estate for like six months and this was in like the mid 2000s and so, uh, it was crazy in New York and it, it was such a cool experience. And I think kind of kickstarted all of this for me because I got to see like multi-million dollar apartments and I grew up in Colorado. So I'm like, this is just so, so jarring to go to such a big city and see what's out there. And it really sparked me to go to, to have like even more ambition to want someday to be able to afford something like that. Yeah. Um, that said, living in New York city, coming from Colorado did not work for me. And so I only made it about six months there and I, (laughs) uh, it's just too many people and like not enough nature. So I moved home to Colorado and, um, I remember my dad saying, I, you know, I was just kind of like, I'm going to, I don't know, I'll figure out a job. And he's like, your student loans kick in, in like two months, you got to get a job. And at that time I was like, okay, shoot. Yeah. You know, student loans are a real thing. Um, and so I just kind of started looking at all types of different jobs. And because I didn't have that, that waypoint s- telling me to go a certain way, I was just kind of open to whatever. So through a connection, which I think is how a lot of people get their first jobs, um, through a connection from, one of my, from my stepmom, I started a job in um, the energy industry. And that's where I spent about nine years in the corporate world was in international sales and a bunch of different roles working in this big energy company, which... You know, looking back, I'm like, how did I end up there? Because my degree was in political science, and I'd always been kind of a politics nerd and and entrepreneurial and all this. But it turns out, looking back, that type of role, uh, being in sales and working in a corporate environment, and and the company I worked for was bought and sold three times while I worked for them. So I went from working from like a 200 person company to a 5,000 person company to like 150,000 person company. So I really got the whole gamut of what it's like to work in corporate when it's small family owned business. And you know, everyone's name all the way up to like, some dude in France is making decisions that affect me, you know. Um, And, and through those years that I worked in the corporate world, I got a lot of the the experience that I now use in both, you know, coming out and doing consulting work, and then now in entrepreneurship, where the fundamental skills are all the same, <laughs> you know, like, you're you're learning to communicate. You're learning to be more of an inquirer than an advocate. Like that was one of the biggest lessons in corporate for me was learning how to ask questions and how to listen because you're, you're so powerful when you understand what someone's asking without asking. Um, And a lot of that translated into entrepreneurship. So I spent those nine years traveling all over the world, um, learning about business all over the world and learning about how the inside of business is done, you know, the politics of being on teams and getting raises and um, moving up and taking on more responsibility. So I, you know, I moved up, I got promoted, I traveled all over the world, I saw the world. It was incredible, and they, you know, the company paid. So I, I basically got to see most of the world in business class, like, and they paid. So I feel super grateful for that. But I remember getting to like the last year of doing that, and I was traveling two or three times a month. I was all over the world um and i couldn't have relationships like i my my friends never saw me i i definitely didn't have like romantic relationships because it was impossible traveling that much and i started to feel this inkling of like i'm not passionate about this and yeah. is this really like i could keep you know getting 5% 10% raises every year i could make a 100 grand i could make 150 grand i could make 200 grand but I'm going to be traveling like this my whole life. And I could see the people that I worked with that were a lot older than me, where, you know, their marriages were failing because they traveled so much and they were physically unhealthy because they traveled so much. And I was like, I just don't want this life. So I quit. It was like before quiet quitting was cool. I just like stopped working (laughs) before Christmas and I just didn't come back. And I told him, I was like, I'm done. And this isn't for me and I don't feel appreciated and I want to do something different. And they were kind of shocked. Um, a lot of people told me I was stupid to, to walk away from it all, but I really felt like I wasn't going to live like the full purpose of my life if I stayed that comfortable. And then so, so my first couple of years out, and I think this is common for people when you leave a career, it's not like I was immediately successful as an entrepreneur. first couple of years out, I was mostly doing consulting work back in the same industry because I had I was comfortable there. I had relationships there. Um, and it was a way for me to like, quote unquote, replace my salary without having to take too many bold moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it, it still took me a couple of years after I quit to really get into the groove of entrepreneurship. And the thing that was really the biggest catalyst was I co-owned a yoga studio with my stepmom, which we started while I still had my my corporate job. And it wasn't the yoga studio that was so challenging for me. It was working with other women and Mm -hmm. having like local business relationships with other women. And so I, a couple years out of my corporate job, I was like, man, I need to like make connections with women who own restaurants and coffee shops and other types of businesses, because those would all be good partners for my yoga studio. But I had no skill set, none in building like entrepreneurial, like women supporting women type relationships. So I started a networking group and I started putting on these like women events and I called it women and and we did like women in whiskey, women in bubbles, and we would have these big events where it was all women business owners from the local area. We'd basically have a little party, but we get to meet each other and all of that. And that was super, super successful all the way till COVID hit, obviously. <laughs> and then it went away. Um but that was really the the seed of what I'm doing now where it there's so much need, I think, in in the the softer, more nuanced areas around how to build a business because there's so much strategy so, mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm a strategist. I love strategy. I could strategy with you all day long. But what's I think what a lot of us find as you 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 go along this journey into entrepreneurship, especially if you're a high-achieving woman is we live a lot in the masculine. It's like go go go, win win win, achieve achieve achieve, money money money. Not and then you hit these roadblocks or you need support from other women, whether it's a local business or an online business um, or services or something. And we don't have that skill set. And for me, where I'm at now in my life, you know, post COVID and I have young kids, the motherhood thing is just another whole layer on top of that. But it's truly still kind of that same mission that I've had for the last several years, which is, you know, how do I make this easier for high achieving women, whether you're a mother or not? (laughs) <laughs> you, there's so much more than strategy that you need in order to succeed uh, no matter what you're doing in the entrepreneurial space. So that's really where I am now. And, and now my business is really focused on high achieving moms because that's the stage of life I'm in. Um, but you know, so much of what I teach even now has not so much to do with motherhood and is more the core mindset and practices that keep you centered and aligned so that when you're out doing what you want to be doing in the world, it feels good and you love it and you don't get burned out and you don't feel like you're not living your purpose. You don't have that blah, like maybe this isn't for me feeling.
0: Wow. There is so much to unpack there. And I, I, I love what you said. The one thing that stuck out the most out of all of that is women being so in their masculine, Mm -hmm. especially whether it's, you know, being an entrepreneur, being in this corporate kind of structure which it sounds like you were really really in it like i feel like i talked to people and they're like oh i came from corporate i was a marketing director i came from corporate but it sounds like this job was really intense what was it about moving into now you going from a corporate consultant into consulting women that was like this is where i want to go because i mean being an online coach or being an online consultant for women it's become very saturated, right? There's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of consultants out there. So what made you be like, this is the route I want to go. And then how did you build it?
1: So I wanted to go that way because I still felt, despite how saturated it is, I still felt, and I really got my start like 2017, 2018, right before like the big spike in 2020 of, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody was all of a sudden an online coach, but I still felt like it was saturated even then. And I still felt a ton of imposter syndrome about positioning myself as an expert on how to grow your business. Because that to me, it's like, there's always someone more successful that has better strategy than me. And so that's actually where I felt imposter syndrome. And so when I looked around and I was like, you know where the opportunity is, it's in community building. It's in interrelating with women because traditionally, I I don't think it's a big secret that women supporting women while it's like tongue in cheek, cliche, Instagram hashtag, it's not that common, you know, like it's actually harder to do than what you think it is, especially in the in-person relationships in a local, in a local business setting, which is where I started. I think you see it online too, where you you just get, you get people canceling each other and all this stuff where you're like, is it so hard to just scroll by, you know? Um, So for me, when I looked around, I was like, you know, where the opportunity is, is in working on what's going on inside of me that makes me jealous of her or makes me want to talk shit about her or yeah. makes me not want to support her business out of spite. Like, what is that? And and for most of that has nothing to do with what they ever did. It has to do with me mm-hmm. and my own insecurity, jealousy, money, mindset issues that I'm projecting onto other people when I see them succeed. And I'm like, you know, she doesn't deserve that. A lot of that questioning of like, why, where is this coming from in me? I like transmuted into the work of my business and really tried to build programs and resources that helped women look at that stuff in in community with each other which was also a you know another layer of difficulty because it's so hard for a lot of us to be vulnerable around other women and it's interesting because coming out of the corporate world like you said it was very masculine and i worked with 98% men and i loved that environment like mm-hmm. I could, I honestly could get what I wanted in that environment very easily. I'm tall and blonde. Like I was in my twenties. I knew how to work it, you know, like I knew how to manipulate that situation sitting in a community of women who are all similar, like similar to me and their businesses to mastermind with them was incredibly uncomfortable compared to the corporate experience. And so all of my work now is working on how do we as women get into inner alignment and just work on. In ourselves so that when we come outward and we're working with each other or we're working with our clients, we aren't taking stuff that's out of alignment inside of us and projecting it onto other people that not only does that make your business grow faster and, and with more ease, but it just feels better to live in that, in that body than it does yeah. to be in, to be in the body. That's all like wound up
0: mm-hmm. with
1: feeling out of alignment or feeling imposter syndrome or feeling judgy, you know? um
0: yeah and i feel like those are i mean i feel like you're hitting the nail on the head with a couple things i feel like you know even from my own experience there's been a lot of distrust with other women um and it's been really hard to find like fellow entrepreneurs that i it's in fact i just did a podcast on this that i've been able to like call like my tribe and be able to connect with and I have done a mastermind before in business and it was one of the most transformational things for myself and for my business and it was all women but to get to that point there is such a barrier there is such a kind of disconnect when we go to lean on other women and also to being able to know that it is a safe space to lean on other women right like i feel like that we've all probably had that opportunity where we've opened up or tried to trust someone especially with like The intimate details of our business or of our personal life. And someone's kind of led us down a road where it felt unsafe. So as you're doing all of this, tell me where, you know, motherhood hits. Tell me the story of how this happened, because you you're on this trajectory, you're moving toward it, you're working with women, and then now you're becoming a mother
1: by accident at first. Uh, (laughs) Um, so, you know, last point on that last statement, I'm not perfect at this. And I definitely, you know, part of kind of what happened in all my businesses in 2020 was the breakdown of that women's networking business. It's mostly because of COVID, but somewhat also because it had become toxic because I had had poor boundaries and I had let some of that, you know, like you just said, where it doesn't feel safe. And all of a sudden now there's people that know things about each other because they're in a mastermind together that they wouldn't otherwise know intimate, personal things. And in the wrong hands with people who you can't trust that that information becomes the 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 fodder of gossip and takedowns yeah. and rumors and and all these things so you know i i don't want to claim to be perfect there but it really highlights the need for creating safe containers and and i still feel that that is one of the things that i you know i've pulled through in all of my programs um but yeah so motherhood <laughs> Um, I was I was like full on in this business, the the women's networking business. I also had a yoga studio, and uh, my partner, he is also an entrepreneur. And I was actually still doing a little bit of consulting work because I'm a multi, you know, uh, multi-passion entrepreneur at this point in my life. So I was I was also still doing some consulting work for other local businesses it, um, around their marketing. And so one of the local businesses I was marketing for was this big shopping retail center. And my partner had his um, retail store in that center. And so he was one of like the, the tenants of this developer that I worked for. So he, this developer asked me to go have coffee with all of the tenants and just see how their marketing was going and how I could help them. So I have coffee with with RT, my partner, and he's like eight years younger than me. Uh, <laughs> he is not like, he is eight years younger than me. And so at, <laughs> when, when we met, he was 25. And I was like thirty-two, um, almost thirty-three, and I was like, no way! Like I, I immediately was attracted to him just because of his energy and his entrepreneurial spirit, and he's like an old soul. But I have this rule, you know. I had a rule in my in my like twenties and thirties around dating younger men. Sure. And yeah, and I was like, no way, he's going to be way too immature. Well, long story short, it, it was a, a very short six months before we were um, not only like dating, but got, I got pregnant. Oh wow! And, yeah. Uh, very much a surprise, (laughs) not intentional, in fact, actively preventing. So, hey, kids at home, uh, you can get pregnant, even if you are (laughs) doing all the measures to prevent it. Um, You know, when a little soul wants to come through, they're going to come through. Yeah. Uh, And it's so funny because our son, who's now five and a half, is a little mini RT. Like he is is his dad in like little mini form. So, you know, it's all meant to be in great. But at the time, It was panic mode. You know, it was like, I guess I'm ready. I have the money, like I'm stable, but I'm also, there's no like motherhood readiness. Um, No mentor in my life that I could call and be like, hey, so what do I do now? You know, and I'm a personal brand. And so for me to get pregnant and have a baby meant there's no such thing as maternity leave or taking time off because I was only making money if I was hosting events or if I was doing consulting, if I was coaching, so that that majorly rocked me all through the first couple years of motherhood until really until covid hit and it was just this massive reckoning around the work the inner work that I had never done around becoming a mother and and my identity shifting with that from badass entrepreneur that could just like work at any time and had all this freedom and to mom i now have two sons um when covid hit and so you know we had cute little babies and and it like from the outside still all like looked really good, but I was suffering in, mm-hmm. internally trying to balance my ambition and still really wanting to push and wanting to achieve and follow all my ideas with wanting to be a good mom and learning what that even meant because my mom wasn't the best example of, of what I want to be as a mother. Yeah. And so I really didn't have a model of motherhood in my life. Um, and none of my friends had had kids yet or anything, you know, those first couple of years were really rocky and I really tried To just work through it, like literally work, work, like avoid, avoid the inner work, and just go build more businesses, work harder, work longer hours, until everything crashed in twenty twenty. Mostly because I was like forced to shut things down, and that created space finally to ask some of the questions around, who am I now as a mother, and what do I want to be? Like I have a at that time I had a six month old and a two and a half year old. And, you know, here we all are locked at home and I had businesses that were mandated to be closed because at the time I, my two main businesses were still mostly in person. Mm. And, you know, to have your ambition, the the outer representation of your ambition just totally ripped away from you by the government. And then being kind of forced to stay home with, with young children, it was just this overnight identity, 180 in my identity that threw me for a ma- massive loop. So that's really where it was through 2020, 2021, where I really had this reckoning of what is motherhood mean for me as an entrepreneur? What does motherhood mean for me as an ambitious woman? Um, and how much of old Lindsay, pre-motherhood Lindsay still lives inside of me? And what of that do I need to let go? Um, because motherhood is going to fill that space. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm still in that question a lot of the days because there's there's so many times, even now they're five and a half and three and a half. And there's so many days where I'm like, I just want to work. Like, I just want to work for 12 hours. Like, I just don't want to get interrupted. I just want to work. And those are the freaking days where somebody, I get a call from daycare and they're sick or somebody's in a mommy mood and just needs to be around me. Or, you know, I get derailed by some motherhood thing I forgot about that now I'm obsessed with in my mind that I need to go take care of. I think no matter how prepared you are or how much of a surprise it is, it It is always a massive shift in the identity of you. And so parenting, babies, all that is its own whole other conversation where I think there's value in in the work that I do now is specifically around the identity transition that happens and how hard it is for a lot of us who come from hard driving, ambition, entrepreneur, side hustling to, wow, okay, how do I keep up with that pace and have kids? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a big question. It's a
0: huge question. And I, I feel like, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like I'm surrounded. All my friends are having babies. Like just, it's just that, that demographic of friends I have and the time and space and everything and i was actually just chatting with a friend of mine and this conversation had come up and what you said about just wanting to work but then talking about the other mindset of motherhood that kind of comes in as like this natural kind of instinctual now new mindset or thought pattern it's really interesting to like hear that and again i don't have children and i'm trying my best to understand where she's coming from but it's a really interesting point because i know myself and I know my love for work, and it's really hard for me to put myself in that position of trying to understand what it's like to have a child, and to share both of those loves. And I'm sure, again, having a child is way that love is something unknown until you have that moment with your with your daughter, or your son. But it's it's hard for me to comprehend what that's going to look like. And even when the stage when I go to wanting to have a family, wanting to start planning for that. I, I struggle with that question too of like, well, when is the time? Am I ever going to be done with where I'm seated in my career? What, where my ambitions are and who I am like deeply ingrained inside of me. And I think that's a really interesting, like you said, like ego death, like you're dealing with yeah. these two identities that are now either fusing together or one's falling away. I, I think that's so
1: intense. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It, I, you know, I've done a lot of interviews for my podcast, and it's a common theme to hear mothers talk about like the the death of ambition, because it, in those early days of motherhood, when you have your first child, there's so many things, obviously, you know, physical, emotional, hormonal, all these things. But the identity piece often gets kind of buried, pushed down, buried, because you're so overwhelmed by keeping a baby alive and the physical healing and the relationship that shifts because, man, does your relationship change like that's a whole other topic, you know, and, and on and on and on. There's just massive mental load that comes with it. And one of the, you know, very few people come to you in those early days and are like, you know, how are, how's your identity? You know, they're like, how's the baby? How's breastfeeding? How are you healing? How's your relationship? Are you getting sleep? It's a lot of like the, the, the new life questions, not so much like how's your grief over losing your old identity? How are you feeling knowing that you won't be able to move at the pace you used to in your work? you know, and those are questions I didn't know to ask my, myself in those early days, but those are the things I ask now. And what's interesting is most of the people that I'm around now that our parents, you know, that are mothers, they aren't asking themselves those questions for a few years, because in those early days, it's just not where your mind is. Um, and, and I think that that's too bad. And that's part of the awareness that I want to raise is if you know about the transition ahead of time and you like someone like what you're saying, it's like when I'm ready and I start to ask, am I, is this the time? I think that if you have the tools ahead of time to say, man, one of the things I really need to ask myself now before I have kids is what do I think I want, you know, from my ambition and my work once I'm a mother, like let's, let's just set an intention now once it happens all bets are off. But if you've actually thought about it, you're you're a hundred times ahead of the game. Because I think most of us either we just expect we're going to go right back into wanting to work and doing what we're already doing just as much as we do today, or we think like, no, I'm just going to be a mom. Like uh, it'll be great. And you start to feel this urge come up after a few months where you're like, man, I really like want to talk to people, I really want to create something and being just a mom, quote, unquote, isn't enough. And you know, it's fine if that's for you. You know, I think for a lot of us, especially if we're entrepreneurial and ambitious, before we have kids, we can expect that it's not going to be enough for us to just be a mom, like we want to still have the thing we're creating with our identity. You know, I think that the answer is there's never a good time. And mine was a total accident. But I also know people that chose, you know, tried to get pregnant and did get pregnant in the timing that they wanted and they ended up in the same place I did where it was like this isn't at all like I expected but I also don't really know what's wrong. Uh, it's something in my identity that feels pulled in both directions and I don't know which one to honor. Um and that's now my work. I'm saying this all the time. <laughs> it's like I'm just going to try to help you find harmony between your desire to succeed and your devotion to motherhood because You aren't ever going to choose one over the other permanently. You know, they have to work in harmony and you're going to go up in some and down in others. And the sooner that you figure out that it's okay that they move in an ebb and a flow and you're not trying to be the best at both at all the times, that's that's when life starts to feel good again.
0: Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned, broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super, and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you All the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high as all of our products are non psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just Passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right, under the influence 15 at checkout. I mean, I have so many questions and I, again, I'm, I'm gearing this through like my own lens, right? Like I'm gearing this through where I'm currently at and where I want to be when I want to go to have that family. And it sounds so without like lack of better words, scary, because I think that for those, like you said, these these high achievers, the ones that that crave the success, the ones that have something inside them where it's like, I want to build, I want to create, I want to, I want to have that identity that is that is linked with what I view success to be. It sounds scary to feel like you're going to have to incorporate something that is going to pull that away. But also too, it's like, well, I want the best of both worlds. I don't want to give up having a family. But this also sounds really intense that I'm going to have to juggle both when you're talking to women that are maybe having these conversations and they're looking at when is the best time for me to do this? What, what, how do I walk through the idea that I am probably going to have this ego death and I am probably going to go through an identity crisis. What's some of the ways, you know, that you're helping them find that harmony with those conversations, even before their mothers.
1: So a lot of self-inquiry, and, and it's like, I think we get kind of numb to how much self-help and personal development is right. out there. But when you really apply it with a specific intention, I think that's when it's incredibly powerful. Things like core values is a lot of where I start with people. I'm like, what do you, if if, if it was just for you, like you weren't going to present it to anyone, you weren't going to put it on Instagram. Like, so it's not performative at all. If you did your core values and you really asked yourself, how do i want to feel in my life today without kids and what i imagine it would be like to have a partnership where i want to bring a kid into that that situation and you know and allow yourself to write out what those words are the real core values of what you want that aren't based on necessarily your current reality you know it's like i'm not trying to force this current reality into a future that I don't know, but what of now do you want to keep? Like, what's the most important to you today? What are your core values today? And are those the same core values that you imagine that you're going to want to have when you're building a family? Mm-hmm. And I think even starting there with people and getting them out of the performative mode of core values where it's like community and you know, <laughs> yes. abundance and all these things that don't really mean anything, you know? Yeah those are on my list too. So it's, it's fine. No, I'm but,
0: laughing because I can see myself being like, yeah. instead of my true core values, I'm like, well, what do I think I need to be at? Like, right. Where's my it's, measure of success for that?
1: Exactly. And, and, and I think a lot of what becoming a mother really makes you realize is where you've been living out of alignment, because that's the stuff that shows up rearing its ugly head in those early days of motherhood. And that's not necessarily in any one aspect of your life, but it can be, where are the holes in your relationship that you want to make sure are patched before you bring a kid in? Because I will tell you the number one thing, I'm in a lot of high performing mother circles at this point in my life. I'm never not shocked by how many high, high, high performing women with big, big businesses and kids have relationship issues, major relationship issues. And I'm like, dang, okay, there's something there. And and it's real. It happens. You know, It's hard to keep a relationship and a business and a bunch of babies all happy at the same time. Yeah. So there's questions like that, you know, like what do I need to do in my relationship to make sure it's ready? And is this the right relationship for me to bring a child into? And really taking your power as an ambitious woman pre motherhood and asking hard questions of yourself so that you're not stumbling into it uh, unprepared for things that might be hard. So, relationship questions, core value questions, money. Mm-hmm. One of the main things that comes up in all of the conversations I have now is. If I'm the breadwinner and I'm used to making my own money, like I was 34 when I had my first son, I was the breadwinner. I've been making my own money since I was 21. I had never had somebody else, you know, I'd had other relationships, but never where we shared finances. Yeah. So if you're someone who's used to making your own money and used to being able to care for yourself and spend money how you want to spend it, there's a lot of questions and a lot of inquiry to do around how money is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's one, it's really expensive to have kids. And two, you know, there's just going to be questions that come up around, around money and and your ability to be the breadwinner may or may not still be possible for you post motherhood. So it can be scary, and I see where where it looks that way from the outside. And I don't mean to scare people, um, but I wish it's that really I heard just these. Me. <laughs> no, I I I hear it a lot, and but it's like I wish someone had I had heard these things before sure. I became a mother because I feel like it would have at least given me. Some paths to go down to start asking questions that I honestly didn't ask until I was three years in, and I was having my relationship fall apart. I was having businesses fail because I couldn't I couldn't maintain the pace. I was having my body break down because I had completely put myself at the bottom of the list, like physically, Mm -hmm. so that I could service the kids and the relationship and the businesses. And I was, you know, thirty. I still was thirty pounds heavier because I hadn't been able to like re regulate my body after birth and I did, wasn't sleeping and you know I was relying on like massive amounts of ca- caffeine every day to even function. I'm like, you don't want to have to hit rock bottom to wake up to all of this. It's so much better to look at it ahead of time and go, okay, I know there's certain things that are going to be totally on my control, but there is a lot that I can start to ask myself in my core identity now so that these are not surprises to me uh, when I make the transition into motherhood.
0: Yeah, I... I love that. And I love, you know, I think again, me being in this position and obviously those listening that maybe aren't mothers yet could take a lot of value from that because there is so much desire again, especially for myself to have a family one day, but I do struggle with that. I I do struggle with the idea of, well, what is it really going to look like for me? What is this? What is this next chapter really going to be like? And I'm definitely one that's like, I can take on it all. Like I can do it. Right. I can do the businesses and the relationship and the babies like no problem and kind of be naive to that. But I think again, when you're talking about it and you're sharing so much shared experience there, it does really kind of shift your perspective of what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think what you're doing is just, just incredible for Lindsay.
1: Thank you to put the final point on it. I- I do think you can do it all, and I I advocate for that. I absolutely believe women can be great mothers and super fucking successful. Like that is my that is my mission statement. Like I believe you can be wildly successful and a devoted mother. What I don't think is that you can do it by yourself and that you can just gut it out, mm-hmm. or that you can outwork the pace of of it all. Like that's what's going to get you in trouble. That's what I tried. I tried to just gut it out and outwork it. And I did it for three years and then everything fell apart. So now it's like, okay, instead of gutting it out and outworking it, you can do it all, but you've got to be ready for, you've got to be working on your identity. You've got to be doing the inner work. You've got to be building systems and and structures in your life and your business that allow you to have this fluidity because there's going to be the days where motherhood takes precedent over the business and vice versa. And you have to have a resilient system. Otherwise, if it's all reliant on you, it's not going to work. <laughs> and so, you know, that's kind of the the rallying cry is like, "I, yeah, you can do it. You, ab- especially ambitious women, can freaking do it because I know you want to do it well, and that's what's going to make it beautiful." Mm-hmm. Um, but what I wish I had heard was there's a lot of foundational work that could could be done to make the ebbs and the flows not feel so freaking hard. Yeah. Um, and that's what I help with now.
0: I I love this. And I know we, we didn't really have a chance to kind of dive into, you know, your marketing structure and how you were able to grow this business, because I think that's also really crucial. But I, I want us to kind of end on, you know, this question. I ask everyone this question on the podcast, and I think it'd be really interesting to hear from your perspective what, you know, the word influence means to you. And again, I always ask this question. There's a lot more that I would have loved to cover with you, Lindsay, especially on you know just the way that you have built and grown this business. I think that what you're doing is very different than a traditional business coach. I think it's very different than a traditional motherhood coach. I think that you're really kind of opening up a lot of opportunity for women to connect and to grow. But I, I do want to kind of end this episode with this question. And again, that's what does influence mean to you?
1: Yeah. Influence is the result of you being in alignment. My whole structure is based on inward, outward, upward. So I start with inner work, like we've got to go inward first. And that means working on you. Then we take every all the work you've done, and we point it outward. And we work on your messaging and your branding and your business structures and all the like, fundamental uh Blocks to create influence because I, to me, marketing is just influence. It, mm-hmm. Whether you're marketing a coaching business or a chiropractic office or a luxury product or even a big, huge business, a, a corporate entity, you know, it's like, are you going to buy from Ford or Chevy? Well, which one has had more of an influence on your life? Like you're probably not going to just walk into a dealer, look at two cars and just randomly pick one. You're going to be like, oh, grandpa drove a Ford. Oh, there's some nostalgia there. Like, you know, so influence is everywhere around us. And I, obviously we live in a social media world, so we know what the word means now, but to me, it's like for you as the owner. and, And I think we're moving into a whole, that's a longer conversation too, but this world of 2023 and beyond, like it's the world of personal brand. Even if you are the CEO of a giant company, you have to have a personal brand because people yeah. know they want to know the person and they want to trust the person. And what makes someone influential and trustworthy is if they are in obviously in alignment. You know, where the people we don't trust and we don't like, that's because we can feel the dissonance. Like we feel that there something's off with them. So that's why to me it's like inward first. Get yourself in inner alignment, then you go outward with your message and your business and your marketing and that's influence. So it's actually like built in right into everything I do and it's just like you said it's it's not traditional strategy influence. Yes, it's social media and and those are all the mediums where the stuff comes through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your neighbor can be influential, the the HOA guy, you know, like my uh-huh. my retired neighbor is the is the head of the HOA and he's influential in the neighborhood and it's because you can tell like he, he, he follows the rules. He knows what he, he knows all the rules. He cares about things and he's kind to people. And so it's like, okay, you can be influential in any, in any way in your life Mm. as long as you are clearly in alignment. And that's what people are looking for.
0: Wow. Lindsay, I, I could talk to you forever, girl. (laughs) Um, I mean, you, you, you totally just, you pull on my heartstrings with, you know, just the work that you do and obviously with guiding women and, and tying that all back to, again, that ambition and that success that we all crave, where can everyone find you? How do we listen to the new podcast? Drop yeah. all the links for us.
1: So mostly uh, Instagram. I'm a millennial. So that's my that's my jam still. Uh, it's at Lindsay Roselle. I, I was just talking to my one of my business partners about TikTok. And I was like, I just don't. I don't know. I can't Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do it. Um, but Instagram, I love. So at Lindsay Roselle and then the podcast um, and Motherload in general is just at Motherload, um, L-O-A-D. And uh, it's the Motherload podcast. So if you search Motherload, you'll find it or all my socials have it linked. So yeah, I'd love to have you listen. And it's not just for moms. It's a lot of mom and um, guests, but... We talk about this kind of stuff. We talk about who they were before they became mothers and the businesses they had built and how everything shifted in becoming a mother and, and what it's like now. So no matter where you are in the journey, whether you're a mom, a not a mom, not even thinking about it yet, or kind of in the question of how would this look, yeah. I think that there's there's something for everyone there.
0: Yeah, I love it, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and thanks for going under the influence with us. Thank you.